Grace, mercy, and peace are yours. From God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, as we finish up the sermon series that we've walked through this Lent, this idea of Jesus' heart for us, we've seen Jesus sacrifice so much, his willingness to suffer and die, all for you and me. And today, as we relive those moments from over 2,000 years ago, we see that the heart of Jesus actually stopped beating. That's our focus today in worship. Maybe as you've read novels or you've watched movies, you've recognized that authors and those who write those, the movies are very good at making you enjoy and get behind the hero of the story, right? The good guy, the good girl, the protagonist, whatever you want to call them, we cheer for them, right? And we expect that at the end of the story, they are going to come out on top. They're going to be the victors. They're going to be the ones that ride off into the sunset. But every once in a while, on occasion, an author will make the hero die. Maybe you can recall some stories that you've read like that. And it's an unexpected ending, isn't it? Because we want to cheer for someone. We want them to be the victor. And those are just fiction stories. Think about the Bible account of Jesus' life. We see Jesus healing the sick, taking care of those that are hurt, doing his miracles. And we want him to win. We know that he's the hero. And then on Good Friday, we see that the hero dies. The beauty is, there's another unexpected ending to this Bible story, isn't there? Jesus doesn't stay dead. Although his heart stopped on Good Friday, we know that it will beat again on Easter Sunday. As we think about those things today, we'll use these words from Mark's gospel that we read earlier. Mark chapter 15, verses 37 to 39, as our focus in the devotion today. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion, who stood there in front of Jesus, saw how he died, he said, Surely this man was the Son of God. This is the word of our Lord. Today, as we focus on these words from Mark, we'll marvel again that the Son of God, Jesus himself, while on that cross, had his heart go still, stop beating. And Jesus' heart stopping is more of his love for you. The same love that brought him to this earth, the same love that took him to the cross, is the love that allowed him to die. So as we see Jesus' heart stop tonight, today, let's take a look at two aspects of this. First of all, it's a payment that's complete. And then secondly, in these words, we'll see a proclamation declared. You heard at the start that darkness came over the land at noon. But before that darkness came, Jesus had been on that cross for three hours already. Six total hours, Jesus hung on the cross. It's hard to imagine, isn't it? The agony that Jesus went through in those six hours. And of course, there was plenty of physical agony with nails driven into his hands and feet, suffering a horrible death. But there was so much more than just physical agony. There was spiritual agony too, wasn't there? 
There Jesus on that cross was suffering the wrath of God for the sins of the entire world. At noon, when the darkness came, it wasn't just clouds that covered the sun. It wasn't some sort of eclipse. Luke tells us in his gospel that the sun stopped shining. God let everyone know that something special, something amazing was happening on that cross. And as the darkness settled in and those hours passed, we can only imagine the intensifying agony for Jesus. We heard his words in the reading before, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Suffering the very agony of hell for you and for me. And then Jesus gave a loud cry. Perhaps it's the cry that we read in John's gospel, It is finished! And then Jesus said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit and breathed his last. It is finished. Jesus was saying a lot more than his suffering had come to an end. He was letting us know that he had finished the payment for sins, that he had finished the mission that God sent him to this earth to accomplish, to seek and to save the lost. Perhaps we should pause for just a moment here and simply ask the question, how? The Bible reveals Jesus as the Son of God and Jesus proved himself to be the Son of God by the miracles that he did, by the authority with which he taught. And we know that one of the characteristics of God is that he is eternal. So how? How could God die? How could Jesus, the Son of God, breathe his last on that cross? It's a mystery. And the mystery of Jesus' death on the cross is tied up, it's entwined with the mystery of Jesus' two natures, that he was at the same time fully God and fully man. A mystery that we won't solve this side of heaven. But on that cross, Jesus gave up his life. He willingly laid it down. And even when his heart stopped, that heart stopped for you. The Apostle Paul wrote to, Roman, to the Romans these words, The wages of sin is death. That's what Jesus was suffering on the cross. The wages of sin, not his own sin, but your sin and my sin. Everything about this crucifixion was different. Nothing was normal We'll see that before we're to the end of the devotion today. It wasn't normal that, that Jesus could pray for the people who hammered spikes into his hands and feet, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. It wasn't normal that darkness would settle over the whole land for three whole hours. And then something else amazing happened too. When Jesus breathed his last, we're told that the temple curtain that thick curtain that separated the most holy place from the rest of the temple tore in two from top to bottom. You remember the symbolism of that curtain? It was the separation between God and his people. It reminded people that they were too sinful to come into the presence of a holy God. And only once a year, only once a year could someone go into that holy of holies, that most holy place, to make payment for the sins of the people, to take the blood of a goat and sprinkle it on the Ark of the Covenant. 
Only the high priest, one time a year, had access to the most holy place. Do you understand the symbolism? That curtain tore in two because God was saying the payment for sin is now fully made. There is no separation between God and his people because Jesus removed the barrier of sin that stood between us. We are at one with God because of everything that Jesus has done. That's what Jesus did on the cross. Make full atonement for your sins and for mine. All of the sacrifices, all of the animals that were put to death over the centuries by the people of Israel, none of them could do what Jesus did in one death. None of them could fully pay for sins. No, day after day, those sacrifices kept being repeated over and over and over again. And God used those sacrifices to teach his people a very important lesson. A lesson the writer to the Hebrews catches us up with when he says these words in chapter 9. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. The bloodshed of all of those animals that were sacrificed, they pointed ahead. They pointed ahead to the Lamb of God, Jesus himself, who sacrificed himself, who let his heart stop on that cross so that payment for sin was made in full. Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice on that cross, giving up his very life and you can rest assured that it is paid fully for all of your sins. You see it in Jesus' words, it is finished. And of course, we know the rest of the story as well. Mark has another surprise for us as well in this account of the crucifixion. It has to do with the centurion who was standing guard, who was right there in front of Jesus and his cross. You see, this centurion certainly had to know that this crucifixion was a lot different than most of the crucifixions that he had witnessed. After all, it was not normal for the person being crucified to pray for those who were executing him. It certainly wasn't normal for the person being crucified to not yell back or fight back when people were shouting at him, jeering and mocking him. It wasn't normal for darkness to descend on the entire land for three hours during that crucifixion. You see, the centurion knew that there was something very, very different. You could almost see his, his mind swirling with all of the things that were going on, trying to make sense of why this one crucifixion was so strange, so unique. And then he was left with only one choice. When Jesus finally died, He proclaimed, surely this man was the Son of God. What a special conversion happened right there in front of the cross. The very first person perhaps to be converted after Jesus' death was a Roman centurion who recognized how special Jesus' death was because Jesus wasn't an ordinary person but the Son of God himself. That's our confession today too, isn't it? Isn't it why you're here today? I know it's not enjoyable to think about what our sins cost Jesus. We tremble, as we heard in the first hymn, to recognize what Jesus had to suffer because he took my sins to the cross with him. 
But our worship is exactly the same as that of the centurion. And our confession is the same too. Surely Jesus is the Son of God. That confession reminds us of our place before God, redeemed by the blood of Jesus on that cross. And don't we have an advantage over that centurion? We know why Jesus was on that cross. We know he went to that cross to make that full payment, to stand in for you and me, to be our substitute, to be the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. And we know more of the story too, don't we, than that centurion did. We know that Jesus didn't stay dead. We know that his heart beats again. We'll celebrate that in a couple of days. But we know that that resurrection assures us that, yes, the blessings that God brings us through the crucifixion of Jesus carry on through our entire lives and into eternity. You're here today because you have the same hope that I do. The same hope that that centurion had as well. The hope that, yes, because Jesus is different, because he is the Son of God, we stand before God fully forgiven, healed of sin, and heirs of eternal life. It's finally why we can call this day Good Friday. Because while it isn't good that Jesus had to suffer for our sins, that payment that he made is a great, a great blessing to you and to me. And so our conclusion is exactly the same as that of the centurion. Surely Jesus is the Son of God. That blessing of the temple curtain being torn in two is a blessing for you today as well. It hasn't changed. You and I have access to the Father because Jesus has removed that barrier of sin. We are one with him. Here's how the Apostle Paul described that confession in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Saved. That's exactly what Jesus was doing on that cross. Letting his heart stop for you. Jesus' heart stopped beating so that you and I have salvation. And as we confess that he is the Son of God, God promises that we have life with him forever. Some takeaways from our devotion today. Number one, Jesus' heart stopped beating for us to make the payment for our sins. Hang on to those words, finished. It is finished. Sins are paid in full. The payment is finished. The mission that Jesus came to accomplish is finished. You stand before God holy and blameless. Number two, Jesus is the Son of God and he proved it by rising from the dead. We are saved. Yes, that heartbeat of Jesus which stopped on that cross, it beats again. And it beats for you and it beats for me as he continues to guide us to our home with him forever in heaven. Most of you, I'm sure, are familiar with an AED, right? An automated external defibrillator. I think I said that right. I had to practice. We have one in the back. Thankfully, to my knowledge, it's gone unused to this point and I hope it stays that way. But you know, right, how many lives, countless lives, probably have been preserved by something like this, an AED that shocks the heart back into beating again? Jesus didn't have the advantage of that happening on Good Friday. His heart stopped. But on Easter Sunday, his heart 
beat again. That's the joy that we celebrate every single day. And I suppose we could make a comparison. As we walk through the Lenten season, our hearts become heavy with what our sins cost Jesus. As we see Jesus on that cross crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Our hearts could use a revival too. But that same heart that beats again on Easter Sunday in Jesus, that heart allows our hearts to soar. To remember that he is the victor. That he has defeated sin and death and the devil in our place. And that because of his victory, we will live with him forever. Yes, we confess those same words with the centurion. Surely he is the Son of God and our Savior. Amen. Peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.